It's episode three of the BTS Cinema Podcast. I'm Will Stewart. Today's guest, producer Chip White. I've worked hard to get this group of team, and that's what I kind of tell young filmmakers and and students when I'm when I'm teaching classes that you know find that team. You know, Spielberg's got his team. Lucas has his team. These, you know, they, these are guys that constantly, Ron Howard, you know, that, that they work with because they know it'll get done. Chip White is a producer located in Charlotte, North Carolina. After a storied career in film and TV, he partnered up with director Shea Sizemore to produce thoughtful and creative short films on a budget. In this episode, Chip talks about how he sets the production up for success through careful planning. He shares tips on keeping the cast and crew energized and how they promote their work through the film festivals. Their latest project, Crab Trap, has won many accolades, including Short of the Week. It's a story about relationships set against the backdrop of the Carolina coast. New house, new job. Why you still have the same old guitar? Oh, well, now some things never change. Yeah. Play something for me. Oh, sis, I don't want to play. Play home again. I, I don't remember it. You remember it. I got to know your work through uh, your latest uh, short, I think, that you guys have released, which is uh, Crab Trap. And I got to say, it's, a, it's an amazing short. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, we're super proud of Crab Trap. It uh, it's still just killing it out there in the in the film festival circuit. We're um, excuse me, we're playing in Beaufort, South Carolina, on the twenty third of February. We're in Pasadena in March. We're in Alabama in March at the George Lindsay Film Festival. Um, We've just recently selected into the Richmond International Film Festival um, with Crab Trap uh, and kind of possibly one in Jakarta, <laughs> if I can get the DVDs there in time. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and you've won a lot too, which is uh, really good. And I think it's well-deserved. Um, you've won Thank you. here locally in Greenville and then and then all across. And it's great. So many laurels and uh you were uh, even. You guys were even the short of the week, I think. Uh, yeah, we were short of the week, um, and, and did did really well. You know, it's kind of tough when you're short of the week and you're trying to get into festivals because so many of them, you know, want it to be private. So you're constantly yeah. going back and forth from open to the public to private. Um, so your 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 number of views gets limited. But that was it. We've won probably nineteen awards so far. Um, wow! I think five or six. Best shorts, couple of best of show, uh, four best actors, three best actress, two best director. Um, we're up in Buford. We're up for best short, best actor, and best actress. Also, wow, it's well deserved. And for anybody listening, if you have not seen it yet, uh, be sure to to uh, to watch it. Um, I don't know if it's up or down right now, but, um, <laughs> it's down right now. <laughs> okay. Is it? All right. Well, just yeah. uh, keep checking <laughs> and see if you, well, you can, can follow uh, us on uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And we also have a website, uh, crabtrapfilm.com. And, uh, but usually Facebook and Twitter, we kind of tend to keep people up 
a little faster than the website on where it's going to be, what festival it's going to be in, how it's doing. Perfect. Um, yeah. Well, we'll, uh, we'll so. add all those links in the show notes and, uh, I guess you probably have your own description of, of how you would, how you describe it, but I would say it's a story about a man struggling to find his place in the world and his relationship with his family. But how would, how would you describe the short? Uh, it's similar it, very close. He, he's a man who, um, is trying to prove to his sister that he's changed. He's a changed man and he <clears throat> wants to have his daughter back in his life. And, the the title crab trap comes from when a crab starts going into a crab pot the further it goes in the deeper into the trap it gets and the more impossible it is to get out mm-hmm. um and in the case of thirsty and and many of us that one little lie we tell to try to kind of get what we want leads to a bigger lie and a bigger lie and the deeper we go into that trap of that lie the harder it is to get out or almost impossible to get out till we're either caught or cooked. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and your role with uh, crab trap was, uh, you were the producer, right? Correct. Yep. Shay, Shay and I have worked on several Shay Sizemore. He wrote and directed it. Um, we've worked on several other shorts and, and <clears throat> excuse me, features together. So when it came time to do crab trap, he said, I've, I've got this short and it's about this guy. And I was like, Oh man, I want to play that part. And he's mm. no, I wrote it for Danny Benson. Oh, fine. All right. <laughs> so, um, so my job was to get hold of Danny, uh, Rebecca Kuhn. He wrote it for her. We had a couple other actresses we auditioned, but he, he really wanted Rebecca. So it was to convince those actors to be in it um, on our time frame, uh, figure out a window of opportunity when we could go shoot it because we shot it down in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina. Um, so it's to, to secure the actors, secure funding, um, which is always the hardest part. Um, but the, for Crab Trap, a great thing was we had built a, a relationship with Bojangles Chicken and Biscuits back from a, a past short film we did called Chess Player. So I went to I went to Bojangles and said, look, if you give us X amount of dollars for this new film and let us shoot at one of your locations, we will obviously will be in the film and we'll give you X amount of value. And they said, well, we'll give you this amount of support and, and still expect X amount of support. And I'm like, you, I'll take it. Uh, so I was able to get some, some pre-funding for change, um, along with my sister who's executive producer. Um, so then it was a matter of just, again, getting the funding first or, or have it rolling. Once we started rolling, um, lining up the actors, um, for the other parts or roles, I said, well, Shay, who else would you really like to work with? You know, we're trying to expand. You know, we're not we're not an A list group yet, but we're we're working on it. I reached out to uh, Grant Goodeve and Corbin Burnson, Burnson, and a couple of other people and to their agents and said, "This is what we're doing." And I'm very upfront. This is the tiny amount of money I'm paying. <laughs> um, it's a one day thing, and um, Grant's agent said he'd love to do it. Uh, Corbin he and I talked on the phone a couple times and he, he was willing to do it, but he had a conflict of schedule, um, with New York and, and kind of needed an airplane ticket. I couldn't afford. Um, so Grant Goody from eight is enough came in and played the part of Ben for a day. And we built this relationship with him and, and, uh, John Volstad from uh, TV show, new heart. who played my other brother, Daryl. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I've known him since back in the Newhart days, and we've kind of crossed paths here in Charlotte lately. And I was like, hey, John, I got this little part. Would you like to do it? He came down for the day, and he did his role. And so kind of my job was to, to get those actors to get the locations to secure funding, uh, boats. We needed boats for a particular right. day of shooting, um, make sure that wardrobe has their funding. Um, I leave crew up to Shay and his DP or whatever. I said, you, you get who you're comfortable with and I'll make sure that they're fed well and they have a place to stay. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's awesome. You know, so it's knocking on the hotels around town. Say, hey, I need you know 15 rooms for four days, but this is all the money I have. Can you work mm. with me? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of putting the puzzle together with, with what little bit of resources you have. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's a big logistical puzzle, as you said. I mean, just trying to find everything to fit, uh, just as seamlessly as possible, uh, takes a great mind for organization and, and also someone who can, uh, not burn bridges. So in case you need to come back, you know, um, so what got you into it? Not real sure. I kind of, my career has kind of been one of these, I've just happened to be the right place at the right time. And a friend has said, Hey, I need you to do this. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, yeah, you mm-hmm. can now, you know, so it kind of in LA, it kind of went that way. I was working with my sister and I went to work at King world. Um, I started going freelance and a friend said, Hey, I need you to go to Sri Lanka and shoot some behind the scenes stuff with a crew. Well, I don't know if I can. Oh yeah, you can. Okay. <laughs> um, so I kind of it kept going like that. And, and, and eventually I was producing writing, producing promos and working mm-hmm. in, uh, Nickelodeon and VH1. I was doing reality TV shows and all this different stuff and ended up in Charlotte um, working at Speed Channel and met Shay and he said, hey, I, I shot this little short. Can you voice this character for me? Because it was raining and they had to redo the audio. So I, mm-hmm. I voiced a, a Confederate soldier for him. And then he goes, hey, I want to do this. Uh, we'll do this other short. Would you play death? I'm like, sure i'll play death and then he said i want to do this other short about a, a chess player i mean a, a trash man I'm like, mm. okay and he goes oh by the way you're starring in it I'm like, oh okay oh wow <laughs> uh, and uh and then after trash uh, amendments of a trash man he said i want to do this story about a it's really six minutes short about a chess player mm. I'm like okay but i want to produce this one because it just felt like trash man could have used a little bit more value in production it's like mm. had i known I had some stuff at home I could have brought that would have helped value the other production. Sure. Um, so a chess player, we kind of stepped up the, our game and that's when it really, he and I really built this relationship of producer and director. Wow. That's great. So how many have you, how many, uh, shorts have you guys created together with you producing and him directing three and we're shooting our fourth, uh, March starting March 1st through the fourth. Well, filmmaking is such a collaborative effort. You know, that's one of the things I love about it, but that's one of the things that's also frustrating because, you know, it, the, the, the short or the feature, whatever you're creating, it's made or broken by the people that you partner with, you know? And so finding that team, uh, it's just so important. It is. It really is. I was talking to, uh, there's a, a lady here in town, Julie Edmond, who does, she has Carolina film community. And she also produces a bunch of stuff with Chris Baker, who's another director here in town. And and she had this comment, and we were I was kind of agreeing. She said, "A lot of we meet a lot of people, 
and everybody says, oh, well, I'd love to work with you guys. And it's like, I, it's not that I don't want to work with someone, but when you kind of get that team, you want to work with your team. And, and some people get mad. Well, you never hire anybody else. I'm like, well, it's not that I don't, but you know, I've, I've worked hard to get this group of team. And that's what I kind of tell young filmmakers and, and students when I'm, when I'm teaching classes that, you know, find that team. You know, Spielberg's got his team. Lucas has his team. These, you know, they, these are guys that constantly, Ron Howard, you know, that, that they work with because they know it'll get done. The market is saturated with yeah. people who are talented and are just looking for their shot. Um, and don't you think like create like you can't, I don't think you can overvalue the, the, the work that you have to put in. Like there's just so much that you have to do to create. Um, and you know, I'm telling people that younger than me, that they're, they're saying, how do I get into the business? The answer is pretty simple. It's just get on sets, you know, um, yeah. create, and make things. I mean, I, it sounds like you're seeing that uh, where you are. It's true. And and someone's asked me the other day. They at a I spoke at a Joe Dance um, News and Brews, and this guy said, "What's your take on technology? Has it made it easier or worse for filmmakers?" And the answer is both. Hmm. Um, it, like you're saying, anyone can now go tell a story. You know, the, the technology is so cheap and so readily available. That for a small amount you can make a a decent looking movie, sure. Um, and that's awesome. But on the flip side is because it's so cheap and everybody can get it, everyone thinks they can make a movie. Right. Oh yeah, and and it's hard, you know, and yeah. and to to make a really really good whether it's a five minute, thirty minute, or two hour film is a lot of work. And people don't don't want to put the work in, or they don't understand that. And you know, people say, kids will ask me, like, "Well, what can I do?" And you know, they'll show me their first little thing they shot, whether they use an iPhone or DSL, or they actually got a really nice camera. And and I'm and I'm not, I'm not never try to be mean. But it's like, well, you know, right here, you could have tried just a little harder to make it look more realistic. Um, if if there's a scene where you have a an iPhone and you're tearing it apart to make it a time machine. Don't just pick up a screwdriver and spin it. Like you're taking some nuts and bolts out, but it's very clear. There are no nuts and bolts here. Go buy, go buy it, go buy a broken iPhone and just take that extra minute to at least make it look like you're trying, you know, um, if you're, if you're in a location and it's a warehouse and you know the sound's going to be horrible. Well, take a few minutes to figure out where else can I go that this is going to sound good or what's going to look good. What else? What's that extra step I can take to make it better? It's not because that's not that hard, right? And so, so a lot of those solutions aren't aren't uh, expensive or time consuming. You know, just to to add a little bit of production value. And don't you think that's kind of like the role of the the director and even the producer is just understanding and knowing. Like where are those extra steps that I can do that just a little step will make it oh, that much better? Yeah. And in a chess player, there's a scene where my character, he's gone to prison and he's playing chess and Shay, when we first see he goes, I, I need a brick wall with a chain link fence and some razor wire at top. And we're going to pretend that's a prison. I'm like, okay, you know, just give me, give me a day. Hold on. Cause I knew of a, of a place in a little small, prison here in charlotte and i went and it wasn't available 
But they said, we've got this other one in Mount Pleasant. That's been, a, you know, we haven't been using it for a year. So we, they said, come look at it. We went and looked. It was phenomenal. They said, yeah, you can have it for free. Oh, you need some uniforms? Yeah, we'll give you some uniforms, you know. So it, it's just taking that extra minute to think, okay, well, how can I really make that work? So how, what are some tips on, on stretching the dollar? Um, you know, cause I don't, I don't think there's ever been a production, whether it's a Hollywood big budget, you know, hundred million dollar production or if it's a hundred dollar production where, where someone's walked away saying we had just the right amount of money, you know, you yeah. always, you always have to cut a corner somewhere, right? Um, yes, absolutely. So what, um, what are some tips for people who are, are doing the sub $10,000 or the sub $5,000 or even cheaper, um, shorts like what are, what are some things they can do to kind of stretch their stretch their buck um look at your script what's your locations is, is it something i can get for free is it something my friend has um one thing and, and go look at them first I, I can't tell you how many films i've seen and actually been in where the film calls for you know a house and it's you got mm-hmm. a kitchen and this and the, and the and guy goes oh yeah my buddy's letting us use his house well they've never been over there till the day we're shooting Ooh. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so it doesn't look good or whatever, you know, but you're stuck. So it's, right. you know, think of your, re- what are your resources and what can I get for free? Yeah. Um, how, and, and sometimes that's like we had in, in crab trap, we needed a bunch of boats cause we were shooting out on the water and we needed a camera boat and a, and a picture boat and a boat for the, some of the crew. And, you know, so we're, we're asking friends and you know, you gotta be tolerant too. If they're, if they don't work by your schedule, because they don't really think about the fact that you've got a lot of money tied in. They're like, Oh yeah, sorry, we're late. But you know, it's like, (laughs) how can, (laughs) you know, what's that? And how can you get them involved? It's like, Oh yeah, if you come by, you'll get to be the, you'll get to meet the actors and Mm. you know, Oh, they're going to be the actor. The lead actor is going to be on your boat, you know? And so you people kind of get them involved and they're willing to then give you that extra step also for free or at a, sure. at a better rate. Um, yeah. No, those and, are good. and it's, yeah. And think of, you know, if it, again, if it's a, if it's a prison, well, how can I get a real prison or jail cell or what, you know, how can I get that, that extra production value? Um, we're shooting a, the, the a March 1st. So we're shooting black dispatchers, which is a civil war short. Uh-huh. Um, and there was, we're trying to figure out, you know, how to, to set up, um, a Confederate camp and a, and a plantation stuff. And we started shapes said, well, we talked to this lady in Giles County and she's like, well, you know, there's Smithfield plantation up in Blacksburg. I called the lady and talked, they're going to let us shoot at the plantation. So we actually get a real plantation for free. So it's just a matter of kind of, you know, reaching out what's your resources. And you can't cheat that. Like you can't fake a plantation. I mean, like you can, but yeah. you know, just it's not the production value is going to be that much higher if it's something that's real. Yeah, uh, and just, they're they're loaning us like costumes and wow. letting us actually shoot inside the house because there was a scene where we were going to have to kind of recreate this officer's tent. But I said to Shay, "Well, if we get the plantation, why don't we just?" use the inside as mm. you know because then it gives and yeah so now it just mad then it's changing the script a little bit to could you get a better production value we're not trying to create something that's not real now it is real 
Right. Yeah. And I think if you have like a big Hollywood set and you have, you know, set designers that you can pay that are, you know, top of their, (laughs) like, like then you can create whatever you want. Right. But absolutely. For the rest of us <laughs> back in real, <laughs> yeah. real world USA, um, yeah. you know, you have to, to take from the what's around you in real life. Uh, like, yeah, I was DPing uh, something where uh, where the director and I were just trying to, to fake it. You know, um, so many different little scenes. We were just trying to just make it work. And well, if we shoot here and we'll just like, you know, put this over here on the wall. And, um, you know, as much as we tried, it just it, it's the there's something psychological when you look at something, you just know it's not real. You know, you know, it's, yeah. it's out of place and it's hard to put your finger on it sometimes. Yeah, it is. And it's like, and, and then you kind of, you watch me and go, now, you know, if they'd have tried a little harder, cause I've been to that town. If they'd asked the mayor, the mayor would have said, <laughs> yeah, you can use my office. You know, yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> it's just like, Hey, you know, uh, ask the, the worst thing that anyone can do is say no. Or well, the second second worst. The first thing they say is yes, and it's going to cost you. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a producer, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of that, make sure you find out beforehand what it's going to cost. Um, we I made the mistake of we got for a chess player, we got this little house up the street from my house to use as the house from the seventies, and lady was super nice. Yeah, it's going to be great, and like the day before we're going to shoot. And she said, now you're going to, how much are you going to pay me? You know, because that means that's a day that people can't come look at it when it's on the market. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, and it cost me a hundred bucks, but it was something I want to count on. We got a school, <clears throat> excuse me, down in, uh, uh, I think it's Belmont and show up at school that uh, it's a Friday. We're showing up at six the next morning or seven the next morning on Saturday. She goes, and you'll have that $850 cashier's check, right? What? Like, uh, what? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I didn't ask and I assumed that it was free. Um, so, you know, make sure you ask and, and up front cause I, I'm learning that the hard way too. That'll kill your budget cause you're stuck at that point. Right. Yeah. Cause you've, there's too many things in motion. There's no way you can, can find anything else or, you know, get all, get the ship turned by then we were, uh, we were supposed to shoot in this, this location and we had scouted it. We had scouted it with the producer. We had scouted it with the director. We had scouted it with the assistant director. Like I was there, like it had this whole thing. Like it was just this whole production go through. Okay. This is where we're going to shoot this scene. This is where we're going to shoot this scene. The guy's super nice. You know, everybody, I'm the DP, so I don't really have the, the money conversation, but apparently they they'd have the money, the money talk, you know, and it was going to be something reasonable. Um, the day before, uh, the director calls me and says, look, we got to go, we got to move locations. The guy had upped it up to around like three, $4,000. Wow. And he's like, you know, this is a business and I may lose money. Like he wasn't going to make that much in a day. You know, yeah. but, uh, he was just he, like, he saw his opportunity and wanted to squeeze. And it's like, there's no budget here, buddy. It's not yeah. going to be that, um, you misunderstand, but, uh, yeah. we, thankfully I had a great set designer. We actually moved very quickly to another location and, and it worked, it worked out fine, but, uh, it was stressful. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, 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 you know, and it'll kill your budget too. If you're not, if you're not prepared to to be solution oriented, like you just said, okay, what's the solution to this? And that's a constant thing that I'm always thinking of. If, if this person says no, what's my solution to make it happen? You, it's what can I do to make it work? What can I do to make it work? What can I do to make it work for you? 
And I think that's the, the invaluable help that a producer brings to, to a project, just being able to take the vision of the director and, you know, provide options. So, um, I was talking to a a good friend, uh, Chris White, uh, the other day Mm -hmm. and he said, you know, the, 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 uh, he said the job of the director is just to make decisions and just be, (laughs) be emphatic about those decisions. You know, just so someone's got to make the decision. Is it red or is it blue? Is it here or is it there? You know, like, where's the camera? Is it up or it's down, you know, and just make all those decisions. And, uh, you know, having a, a, a great producer like you, uh, just adds so much value to production. And I think that's one of the things I learned a few years ago, just as I, I was growing as a filmmaker and working on, it's like when you get somebody uh, on the team and it's easy to think, well, I don't really need a producer, you know, me and the director will figure it out. Or, you know, like when you have like a small shoot was, it's like mm-hmm. getting that person on there that can just knock down doors and isn't afraid to ask questions and, you know, can brainstorm. Uh, my goodness. It just, it just paves the way uh, and makes life so much easier. Yeah, it, it it helps your production in the end too. Like you said, I've, I've seen other ones where the producer and the director fight about everything. You know, the director yeah. asks for this, and they say no without even trying or right. or thinking of another solution. They get shot down once, and and in the end, the movie's horrible. We were yeah. we were watch we were at a Davidson for a couple of films that were being shown, and this was a couple of years ago, and this during the Q and A, the lady said. My job as a producer is to say no. I looked at Shannon. Hmm. I guess I've been doing this wrong all these years too, because I tell you yes to everything. <laughs> and and you know, I hate to say, it, but their, her movie was horrible. She and the director mm-hmm. hate, you know, actor director. They don't get along today. The, the it was just the production value was bad, and you could tell. It's like, but because they were constantly fighting. Yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah. you know. And movies, they take on the, the, the soul of the people that work in them. It, it's, yeah, and who, and who wants to work in an environment like that? Right. I don't want no, to. I don't. If, if I'm no. not having fun, um, then why do it? And that's funny. I said that in behind the scenes for Crab Trap. The lady asked me, I said, well, well, if it's not fun, then why do it? Why not? You know, yep. I'm, I'm devoting a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of money and and. and into something that if I'm, if it's not fun, I'm stupid to be doing it, you know? Yeah. And it's a humbling thing when the, when, when crew, uh, and the, and the actors and just everybody just kind of takes it on as their own and they come and they just give it everything they can. And, uh, yeah. and just, you know, everybody's just in sync. It's just a, it's a great feeling when you have that, that harmony. That's awesome. You know, again, because like I said, for me, it, I have that, I don't call it guilt, but I have that just that kind of inner pain of like, man, I, I really wish that I could write you, you know, a $400 check today as, yes. as we're leaving, you know, or a thousand dollars or whatever. I can't, man, you know, look, here's 60 bucks for gas, you right. know? Um, mm. and, and we've, we do try to, to, and when this started from the very first one with, with Brent and everyone said, well, Brent, we can, I got this much I can pay you guys and we can eat really crappy food <laughs> or I can pay you guys this much and I'll hire a caterer. And he's like, pay us this much and hire a caterer. So we, I, I do try to, okay, if I'm, if I, you're going to work for basically nothing, I'm going to try to at least give you really good food. You know, like yes. crab trap. We went, we went to a restaurant every night, you know, afterwards mm. and lunch I would go, you know, it wasn't cold pizza. You know, I would, okay, here's where we're going to eat you guys. Here's the menu. Order whatever you want, you know. And mm. um, for 
Black Dispatch. I'm trying to start working with Cater. So we have a caterer come in. You know, it, yeah, it's more money. Yeah, that morale. Oh, man, are you kidding? I, there's nothing worse than, you know, working 14, 15 hours. And at the end, you've had some granola bars and, oh, yeah, Domino's is here, guys. Oh. Sorry they're late. It's cold, <laughs> you know. It's the worst. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been on on plenty of those uh, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, like something that we try to do on our shoots because you know I'm in the same position you are. Um, you know, you don't have the fifty thousand dollar budget where you can pay everybody what they're worth. You know, and you know, I'm, I'm like you. I'm like, well, what can we do? Like, how can we just say, yeah. even though I can't, you know, line their pockets with money, how can I uh, boost morale? You know, craft services having plenty of food mm-hmm. and snacks and you know all that sort of thing is is one way yeah. we do it. Um, you know, kind of keep. What, what do you guys like normal. special? Let me, yeah, let me get something special on craft services for you. What do you like? Yes, yep, exactly. That's a great. That's a great tip. Yeah, it's asking for you know what's the what's the thing that that'll make them you know feel super special. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we try to you know keep hours reasonable. I have yep. friends that have shot on sixteen hour days. I just can't imagine uh, doing that for free. Um, that's just yeah, so disrespectful. I think, um, but. Uh, what are the things you guys do? I mean, I'm sure you, you do that, but is there anything else that, that, uh, that you do to try and kind of love the crew a little bit? Um, we, it started with chess player. We, when we, when we first did chess player, it was, you know, 16 hour days. We were really crazy. It was our first big, big short, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was new to us and we've learned a lot. And since then it's been a lot of, we really focus on pre-production so that when, it comes time to shoot, man, you know, in, out, get it quick as possible. Mm. Not, not a lot of overtime. You know, what do you guys like in craft services? What's something you specially like? I mean, you know, if you like Red Bull, I'll get some. It's expensive. But I'll get some. <laughs> um, you know, what kind of craft services? Um, what kind of food do you like? You know, do you guys want Mexican today? Do you, you know, or mm. try to, I really try that. We'll try to do crew t-shirts if we can. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, um, it's, I try to get a decent motel or, 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 or sleeping quarters if we can, you know, I really mm-hmm. try to, um, and, and try to give every, everyone their own space if, if possible. Um, unfortunately like the next and, uh, in, in Virginia, we're going to, we're going to have to double up one night in hotels. I hate to ask people to do that, but for one night, yeah. can you double up? And, you know, this tick, then we're going to move, we're going to move to a mountain. So, Hey, you guys get to stay in this really cool yurt. Your, your department's all in one, but it's nice. a really cool place, you know? And, yeah. um, so it's kind of, I think just trying to treat them as nice as possible that we can in the situations that we're in. Um, sure. Oh, those are great. Those are great tips. I think communication too, don't you think helps oh, as man, well? Absolutely. And, and being I mean, friendly and, and I, I try not to get mad. We were, we lost some footage on one, on a chess player and you know, no fault really of anyone. It's just you're moving fast and someone picked mm-hmm. a card up that they thought had been dumped. Right. And you know, I, yeah, it sucked, but I, what, why am I going to yell at the guy? You know, right. wasn't his fault. He's already beat himself up a hundred times worse than I ever could. So yeah. I'm not going to like, dude, we'll figure it out. You no, know, we'll reshoot it. Don't worry about it. It's not hard to understand. I think it's, sometimes it's hard to do, you know, especially when you're thinking about days, you got to meet your days and got to get these so many mm-hmm. pages shot and that sort of thing. But just, yeah, slowing down and saying these people 
right here that are all around this are so important. And, uh, yeah. and if it weren't for them, you know, you're just a, a guy in the office. I'm just a guy with a camera, you know, and that's <laughs> yeah. where we are, <laughs> you know, and I'm out there. Like, hey, I, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm like, you know, I hate, I hate the old cliche, dude, time is money, but keep an eye on your clock shape. AD, yeah. keep an eye on the clock, you know, where are you guys at? On, where are you guys out on the schedule so far? Cause you know, it's, it's 1030, you know, I, mm. I want to keep moving too, because I want to make sure we get everything we got and, and in the time frame that we, that we have. And don't you think the, the, the way to, to keep on schedule uh, and not be a jerk to, to me is uh, one, it's the experience of knowing how to do this, but, but two, it's, it's, it's setting reasonable days. Um, yes. You know, it's just, if you're trying to shoot 10 to 15 pages of dialogue and, you know, four breakdowns and, you know, five locations yeah. and whatnot, I mean, you just can't do that in a day. No, we have a black dispatch. We, Shane, and I were just talking before this about, about, uh, <clears throat> day one is going to be pretty, pretty reasonable. Day two, <clears throat> sorry. Day two is, um, super easy. We're like kind of looking for stuff almost. Of course, day three and four, he's like, yeah, we're putting, we're definitely taking a lot, trying to put a lot in, but, but to kind of balance that, they're going up next weekend to try to actually shoot some of the action scenes, not mm. with the actors, but to, to shoot them to see how it's going to look and see how quickly they can get them in exactly what they can do so that when it does come time to shoot, they know exactly what they need to do. They've already yeah, shot, so they know exactly like blocking where to be. the scenes and figuring out yep. where everybody's going to be. Yep. So that stuff like that helps. I mean, any any pre production you can do is just phenomenal. So, how can a, a director communicate with a producer? Um, I think the producer has to like, really believe and like the story that he's going to do. Um, mm. You know, I, I trust Shay. I, I love most the stuff that he does. Um, and some other scripts I've read. <clears throat> so I really want to, that I really want to do. So I have to really like the story and I've got to kind of be on the same vision as Shay or, or my director um, and, and see the same thing he sees so that when we're going mm -hmm. through the script and, and if he says, well, I need a, a house well, what kind of house, you know, what's the look you're looking for? You know, I want to, to be able to provide what he wants. He and I have to have the same, idea of what the needs are if sure. the script calls for a black bag well is it a black briefcase is it a black backpack what what are you looking for you know and that could be the set designer's problem too but when you're a small crew it's like what do you need what kind what does the house look like well, what kind of car are you looking for what type of location are you really looking for you know sure. are we going to need the, are we going to need this place for the nighttime or are we going to need it for the daytime are we, are we going to need this location three days as much pre pre prepping and uh, pre pro as you can do and much communication and getting on the same page and really breaking the script down together, being there with them, you know, what kind of actor are you looking for this? What mm. as much information as you can give me that I need to provide for you takes less stress off the director and it makes the same vision. Why are festivals important for marketing um, versus just put it on Vimeo, hope for staff pick or something like that? Um, I, I think festivals are, are, are important for marketing because they, they actually give your Vimeo some wit, some legs. Um, 
you clicking through and you see the front page of one and you know, it's got 25 laurels on it. They're so small. You can't read them, but you go, well, dang man, things been in something. Maybe I should watch it. You know, I think they're important because it gets you to audiences, live audiences at a festival. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a ton of online festivals. Um, I really like a live festival. There's a live audience. And if you can get in one that, has a really big participation and you get to sit there and watch 400 people watch your film. Yeah. It's not that many, but it's 400 people and you get a live reaction. Um, right. and, and especially with social media now they will tweet and they will talk about it and they'll take your picture with you and then they'll hashtag it. Do you think there's value in going to Oscar qualifying film festivals? Yeah, we're trying to get in them. I, I, I have, uh, been uh, a bunch of emails from some saying that we were not selected, mm. <laughs> but uh, I have some that are still coming up, and that's kind of a gold crab trap. I said, you know what, I'm, we're we're winning enough that I'm going to take a shot. I'm just going to enter it in as many Oscar qualifying as I can. What do you think of the elements that create a, a, a compelling and powerful story? Well, do I care about the characters? Yeah. Um, are can I relate to? To them somehow is there something that's relatable doesn't matter their age and luchador is this little love story about this older couple you know and as a, a married man i can go oh man i can you know i can relate to that sometimes my you know my career's really in the high spot my wife is in the low spot sometimes mine's in the low spot hers is in the high spot you know and that that love and, and being there for the other person no matter what and what are uh three must-see movies that uh, you think people should watch? Oh man, I love Raising Arizona. Yeah, um, I love the Coen Brothers. Um, <laughs> that's wow, that's the whole genre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> as, as, a, as a fellow lover of Coen Brothers, I'll let that slide. I just completely yes. Every movie that Coen Brothers have ever made yeah. is, uh, should be watched. Yes. Yeah, I'm kind of like, oh, well, that's kind of all must see. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I love old musicals. I really do, man. I love Fred Astaire and Gene Kelly. Oh, these guys yes. just were awesome to me. Yeah. So what's uh, what's next for you? I know you you mentioned you have the the short coming up. Um, yep. We're, do you know when we're that's going to be Black released? Dispatch. Um, we're shooting March first through the fourth up in Virginia, and the goal is to hopefully have it scored and colored and completed six months, mm. um, if not sooner. I mean, goal is to turn around pretty quickly. We're partnering with Caravan on this one where they're going to do a lot of the uh, post-production in-house. I definitely wish you all the best. And I think, I think you guys are going to do great stuff and uh, I can't wait to, to see uh, black dispatch. I think that's going to be amazing. Um, If any of your previous work is, is any indicator, it'll be, uh, it'll be a huge success. So um, definitely wish you all the best. Well, thank you, Will. It's been a pleasure, man. Links to Chip White and his work can be found in the show notes at btscinema.com. Just look for this episode. It's episode three. So that's it. That's the show. What'd you think? If you loved it and think others will too, would you take the time to give it a five-star rating on iTunes? You have no idea what a difference that makes. I'm Will Stewart. Until next time, thanks for listening.